Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here, Thursday edition for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network, live on YouTube. You can search out Outkick there. Hope you'll subscribe to the channel if you're watching. You can watch On Demand as well. Every great show you can catch there, right there on the channel. Subscribe, like, ring the bell, and you'll be alerted every time we go live each weekday, 3 o'clock Eastern, here across the Outkick Network and live across the great uh, Outkick Radio Network as well. Chad, coming up in uh, 20 minutes or so, Trent Dilfer, head coach at UAB, with a refreshing take, I'll say, on the transfer portal. Uh, and speaking of college coaches. We may have to get a transfer portal opinion from our guest right now also. He'll have them. Eddie George, the NFL great, Heisman Trophy winner, head coach at Tennessee State University for the Tigers, and a man who does everything well, including golf tournaments and parties. <laughs> is in studio with us. Eddie, good to see you. Good seeing you guys. You are bringing it uh, yet again. I believe it's the third or fourth annual. Third? Third annual. Third annual golf uh -huh. tournament. Eddie George Golf Classic. And you're, you have a who's who coming into town on July 23rd and 24th. Uh, EddieGeorge.golf is the website. Let me throw this out there. EddieGeorge.golf is where you go. Um, and if you're coming from out of town, I'm going to say this early yeah. on. Stay at the Sheridan. Sheridan Music City uh, is where you can be. And... You'll be hanging on the 23rd and 24th with Eddie, Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, uh, Derek Brooks, Jerome Bettis, Brian Dawkins, Richard Dent, Lawrence Taylor, Joey Porter. The list goes on and on. Blaine Bishop, Derek Mason, Jeff Fisher, and Keith Bullock will also be here. Uh, you put on great tournaments. You also play across the country <laughs> in great tournaments. Yes. And I'm guessing that's how you link up with all these guys who are looking to be competitive on a golf course. By the way, a, a great one uh, that you'll have uh, yet again for your tournament. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's not just to, to compete. Um, uh, the guys you just mentioned have been longtime supporters of my initiatives and efforts mm -hmm. and vice versa over the years. Uh, M.A., I call him Marcus Allen, also uh, known as Obi-Wan mm. Kenobi. Uh, he has that aura about him, you know, if you know Marcus. Uh, he's been one that's been very supportive of really rallying the troops to get guys here. Richard Dent has been a long-time long long -time supporter as well. Also TSU grad, Chicago Bear, NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, some really cool experiences we're trying to put together uh, for uh, auction items. One is a trip to... Uh, Notre Dame, where you'll have a behind-the-scenes look at our game day preparation. Oh, that's week uh, one, by the way. Week TSU one for us. Notre Dame. Right, yeah. They're coming off of a, a trip from Ireland after playing Navy. We're in between that game and Ohio State's game the following week. Uh, and it should be a wonderful experience. I mean, have you ever – I don't know if you ever have gone or – experienced the game at Notre Dame. It's a bucket list item for me. I've not been yet. Truly is. The 
one of the greatest venues in all of sports. Yep. And just everything touched down Jesus. Um, one of your best games, too. Uh, well, it was it played in Columbus. Okay. That one was played in Columbus. But I want to mention that. It, you know, to, to, to play against Notre Dame, whether you're playing there or at our venue, um, is quite, quite the experience. They, they just garner so much attention. You know, nationwide. That's a that that's a school that's not a, a regional school. It's a coast to coast school. You know, they play Navy, they play USC, they play rival they have rivalries with uh Michigan, uh, Michigan State. I mean it's an international uh, it's school. It's an international school. about school. going to Ireland. I no mean question. they've got fans all over the world. No question. And for them, for us to have played to play this school, to be the first HBCU school to play against them is historic. So we're creating experiences around this great event and our, our kids are getting ready for it. I mean, you look at it, man. It, I had a chance to go there um, a year ago when we signed the deal with Marcus Freeman and our, our AD was there. They flew us up on a private jet. And everything is first class. You go into the in visiting locker room, you're like, man, this is – their home locker room really looks great. I mean, God, they have all – but, I, but it's the visiting locker room that we're in. This is another Eddie. This is your locker room. <laughs> it's amazing. I yeah. thought you were in their locker room. Yes. Notre, Notre Dame flew in two representatives from their university and athletic program to monitor and learn more about TSU. Yes. Right. Yes. This they was did. last football season. Last football season. Yes. In order to help out initiatives, boots on the ground in Nashville. I was amazed by that. Yes. That is crazy. How long were they in town? They were here just for the week. A weekend, excuse me. They went to a game and then came to the radio show yep. with them. Yep, sure, sure did. And they they do everything. They do their due diligence. They're again they they treated us really well. Um, but when we kick it off on two thirty um, Eastern time on September the second in South Bend, it's it's going to be warfare. So that's that's our mindset. But um, we're, we're creating those type of experiences. And Jerome Bettis, um, Richard Dent. Uh, Tim Brown will all be hosting the people that will okay. be that elect to, to be a part of this deal. So it's uh it's 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 going to be a great deal. Again, third year, um, learned a lot from our first two years. Um, really trying to make it more intimate. Uh, you know, it's been intimate over the years, but really try to make it better a better experience for everyone everyone involved. I want Chad to be at the party the night before. Oh yeah, I've been there the last two years. Oh, the, the for the golf tournament. Yeah. Yes, you've you've uh, said you've raved about this. July twenty sixth, Chad. Uh, I I don't know if I have an extra ticket, but you have mine. If I do, Chad, we'll, we'll, just, we'll get you in. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll illegally we'll, we'll copy the ticket, your ticket, and I'll I'll use that to get. That's in. right. Hey, uh, so Dion recently had comments about he he's not going to coach in the NFL because mm -hmm. he's too old school. Guys are you know they're getting paid their check and. They don't really care much about anything else, and he just can't handle that. He's he's of a different era. Mm -hmm. Where do you come down on your mindset of coaching versus Dion? I feel like you're kind of in the middle from where Dion is, so hardcore all the time, mm -hmm. and you're having to balance. Oh yeah, new age and old school at the same time. I, I definitely uh, try to strike a balance between that. Um, there's some old school principles that I that's a not my non-negotiables. But then I am flexible to the way of thinking for kids now um, and how the business of professional sports has changed since I've been a player and certainly the last four to five years and is going to continue to change um, in the future, over the next 10 years, I believe. You know, now that we're expanding the playoff, um, 
I, I can see foresee only two conferences. I can see the ACC dissolving. I can see the Big 12 dissolving um, and really having the SEC and the Big 10. You look at the, the footprint of college football, you say, okay, where are all the big TV deals? Well, the Big 10 owns, has Boardwalk and Park Place. They have, you know, yep. they have Baltic Avenue, you know, and they have the West Coast. They have they have Chicago, Northwestern, and, you know, Michigan State, so forth. And, and then they have the D.C. area with Maryland. So you look at the TV deals and you look at the footprint of the Southeastern Eastern Conference and they just dominate. So it's, it's leading that way. And I can see that it's going to dissolve and, you know, they're going to get their own ball and create their own rules and do what they do. So... Um, I, 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 I understand it from that perspective, you know, and I say, okay, we have to change the way we recruit to some degree. We have to embrace where we are at the FCS level saying, okay, we're in the business of developing players, developing players for whatever level they're going to go to, whether that's professionally or up a level to FBS and, and, and really embrace that and own that. They say, okay, give me two years of for a high school kid that's that hasn't been recruited because of the the portal. Um, bring them in, develop them, nurture them, groom them, and we'll say, okay, we'll deal, go year by year, take it one year at a time. And if you decide to go up another level, I get it, um, but I'm going to make it very hard for you to leave. I'm going to try to give them the best of everything, whether nutrition, housing, cost of attendance, NIL deals, if I possibly can do that, which I'm currently working on, try to compete with the, the current system as best that I can. But the, the differentiator for me will be there's nobody in the business going to outwork me and know how to develop these kids the way they need to be developed physically, spiritually speaking, for, for the next level. So that's that's kind of what I've embraced. Life lessons on top of everything. Life lessons, else. and, and, yeah, and Dion has done it his way. Sure, you know? and with yeah. life experience with yes. guys like you and Dion that have that have lived it throughout mm -hmm. the NFL. Pat Narduzzi has no shortage of things to say about Dion Sanders and about the transfer portal and about how he's abusing the transfer portal and it's not meant for the way that Dion Sanders is using it. This comes a year after he had a lot of things to say about Lincoln Riley and USC for taking his top player, Jordan yeah. Addison, from the recruit from the transfer portal. And I kind of laugh when I hear that, Eddie, because it seems these Power 5 coaches only get upset when one of their guys leaves for a similar or better program. And they don't get upset when one of their guys leaves and goes and plays for an FCS program, let's right. say. Or we don't hear guys like you coaching in the FCS – be all up in arms with one of their guys enters the portal and goes up to a power five mm -hmm. team, right? It so hurts. No, it, it definitely hurts. It, it hurts, yeah. but right. I feel like the expectation is different in terms of how the portal should serve different programs. And we're mm -hmm. hearing a little bit of that from Pat Narduzzi. What do you make of all of this? Uh, there's a, there's an argument to be made for both sides. I, I completely get it. Um, when you have a Blitnikoff winner, uh, All-American wide receiver, and you're banking on the fact that he's going to help your team next year. Well, you found him, and he wasn't a huge recruit. Right. You developed, you developed him. him, right? I mean, I get it. But we're talking about, you know, you USC and Pitt. Yeah. And, my God, like, 
Think you of know, the money he made cares. that one year at USC. It's, and yes, yes, yes. And, and, but that's, he had a that's, deal with Delta Airlines when he showed up, if you yeah, remember, right when he arrived. So how can you, you know, can, that, and that's the era that we're at. You know, you're leaving Pitt for USC. You're leaving Alabama for Oklahoma. I mean, it's, that's, that's where we are. And it's, it's, I think there's, there needs to be rules around it because you have tampering. You know, you have oh, yeah. other coaching staffs deliberately reaching out to players that are already on somebody else's roster and offering them a much better bag, a much better deal that's more appealing. So the NCAA um, definitely has their homework to do in terms of regulating this, wrapping their arms around it, and putting, I don't know, a a cap on what you can get, uh, tampering rules, all that stuff needs to come into play because we're dealing now with the NFL model. That's where we are. And the longer that they uh, drag their feet on this, they're going to miss out on the opportunity because, I, again, the big boys are taking their ball and going to, going to make their own court. They're going to do their own rules, set up their own type of system, and it's just a matter of how they structure it where it's a win-win across the board the best that they can. Eddie, I don't know how many years ago this was, but – I remember you telling me your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell sitting out the year. Oh, yeah. Let's move to the NFL. Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley and Josh Jacobs. They're talking leverage. Yeah, they have pull, no leverage. Pulling, pulling the, the Le'Veon Bell uh, yeah. threat. Right. What advice would you give them based on your response to the way Le'Veon set out that year with Pittsburgh? Do your homework, gentlemen. Look at, look at, look at history. Um, you know, the last – Big deal that went out, I think it was Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you look at his production after he signed that contract, you know, I, I think he went on, may have rushed for 1,100 yards at best. Wasn't the same guy. Uh, Todd Gurley, same situation. After he signed the big deal, production went down. So it, it doesn't bode well for running backs to be in this position. You have zero leverage when it comes to the running back position, you know, um, you compare the market value, well, who's out there? I mean, Derrick Henry, you got Nick Chubb, you got um, McCaffrey. McCaffrey, and he's been moved off the, you know, off the, out of Carolina. So the, the, it's been devalued to that place. So that's where we are with it. So I would say my advice to them is work out the best deal within the parameters of the running back market. Be, be creative within that. I'm curious, just a couple of minutes here. Um, so I believe we will see a trend. Normally in middle school and high school, the best player plays quarterback or running back. Yes. Right? Are you already seeing the effects of kids not wanting to play running back yet? Uh, no, I still okay. – guys still want to run the rock. I mean, it's still – they're not going to get still, paid at the same level. You're not, they're, not, they're not necessarily thinking that in terms of right now. In terms Are they of about the pay, to? Pay, of course. <laughs> yes, we're seeing a lot of kids wanting to play defense, defensive line, corner, yeah. Yeah. anything and everything that affects the, the, the passing game and the quarterback, receiver, tight ends. Um, they're getting the top dollar. and Running backs are an afterthought because now they're considered a dime a dozen. Okay, you know, uh, Saquon's is out of here. Okay, who's up next? Give me somebody younger, hungrier, and cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, we can find that same guy that may not have the same explosiveness, but something close to that at a much cheaper price. I don't disagree with what Jacobs and Barkley are saying. Right. Right. I just don't think they 
can win their argument based on the landscape that they're in. It's, it's where we are in terms of the market. Uh, can't wait for everything to kick off with, you know, training camp and everything yes. you've got going on. You get to coach your son now. So that, I know. I mean, it's crazy. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, best of luck with everything you're doing. You've done a tremendous job already. And you're raising money for a great cause uh, with your foundation, uh, your legacy fund. Look at the form And, and TSU. Oh, Look at that. It's beautiful. Uh, the, the Eddie George Celebrity Golf Classic. Uh, it's presented by Cooper Steele, and it's coming up on July 24th. That's a Monday, but there's a big party the night before on the 23rd where, where all the legends that will be playing on the 24th, which you can play with, by the way, uh, Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, Jerome Bettis, Derek Brooks, Brian Dawkins, others, Eddie, and, and many more. EddieGeorge.golf is the site to go visit, sign up, grab the foursome, uh, and get ready for a, a great event here in Music City. Stay at the Sheridan, by the way. Go ahead and book your hotel there. Uh, that's uh, the presenting hotel for the tournament. Eddie, good to see you as always. Man, guys, always great Time to see you guys. Always yes. for a hot dog. A hot dog, yep. yes, and, and maybe a light beer. Yes. <laughs> a Michelob Ultra, how's that sound? They got light, they got heavy, they got medium, they got whatever you want, Eddie. <laughs> we got plenty of Yeehaw beer right, for guys. you right here. Uh, Eddie George, always a uh, friend of the show, welcome in anytime. Trent Dilfer joins us next, UAB's head coach, with a refreshing take on the portal for guys he's losing from the program, potentially. That's next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on. Big thanks to Eddie George for, for joining us in studio. I mean it when I say it, the, the, the golf tournament is legit. Chad, you've got to come with me on the 23rd. 23rd? Is the July day? 23rd for the party. That's what I'm telling everyone who's in the golf tournament. You come in on that Sunday. Course is shut down just for Eddie's uh, tournament on Monday on the 24th. But you get everything. Uh, and the party with all the players as well. Uh, again, uh, Sunday and Monday, July 23rd and 24th, right here in Nashville. I always feel like... More info at eddiegeorge.golf. With Eddie George, you are getting... A one hundred and ten percent genuine take. Nothing is on everything. That's right. Everything is on the surface with that guy. It is above board, and he is going to give you his honest opinion based on a lot of life experience with everything he talks about. And I am always appreciative of that with him. 
Uh, Trent Dilfer is about to join us. He's the head coach at UAB now. Uh, like Eddie, he was a coach here in Nashville not long ago, uh, just last year, now at UAB. And he had a very refreshing take on name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal. We're paraphrasing here, but he said, hey, uh, who am I? If I'm a player's coach, and I am, who am I to stop a guy from making more money if he can make six figures at a larger university? And why would I even try to keep him by offering 40 or 50 grand? I raised an eyebrow to it because I just haven't heard that take because coaches are so, you know, paranoid about tampering, paranoid about, hey, you join me here. You're, you know, deserting us as you get great. But if he develops the player into a certain level and it doesn't impact his, his chances of making a boatload of money in the NFL, he's not going to stop them from leaving. In fact, he's going to encourage it. And I don't know how many coaches would admit that. I don't know how many coaches would do that based on job security. You know what I mean? Well, and, and look, Coach Dilfer is another one. We just got done talking to Eddie George that I can't think of a time whether we're covering him as an analyst at ESPN and talking to him or talking to him as a head high school coach at Lipscomb Academy. Right. We're now about to talk to him as a college football head coach that we have not gotten a completely unvarnished, unfiltered all. opinion and a genuine take on whatever's going on. And I think that's another refreshing, honest, genuine take that we heard with the transfer portal. UAB head coach, Super Bowl champion, at Dilfer's Dimes on social. Trent Dilfer joins us on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Good to see you again, coach. Hope things are well. What's up, boys? We're just talking ball. You know, you know how it is here. Uh, how are things there in Birmingham? They're great. They have, we have kids are working hard. Coaches are grinding. And today we have a massive seven-on-seven big man um, camp going on. So we got tons of people on campus, which is always a good thing. Chad and I have been discussing. We had Eddie George in from the, the TSU stance. He's facing the same things where you know he can develop a player and then a player may transfer up and out of the program. We, we discussed your comments with On3, uh, and I, I call it refreshing, a refreshing take on the portal. Um, have you always had this mindset with the, the open transfer portal, even when you were coaching in high school, about what guys were doing at the collegiate level um, from the players' stance? And I, I think that's how you view things through how they're thinking for their career you don't mind necessarily a guy trying to advance a career or make certain amounts of money based on the system that's set up. Why? Because it's kid-centric. And I think what's happened, I really saw this happen when I was at ESPN all those years. I saw kind of a college football vibe change from kid-centric to coach-centric to institution-centric. And, and you know, you should be in this for the kid. Um, somehow it became about the coach. Coaches make more salaries, coaches climbing the food chain, coach, 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 coach. Um, and then institutions, right? Institutions are making tons of money with the college football playoff and football's their flagship moneymaker. And um, so what got left behind was the kid. And uh, you know, my whole coaching philosophy, my whole model uh is about helping each kid chase their personal best and reach their potential. And you do that enough times with enough kids and, and great teams are birthed out of that. Well, I can't say that in one side of my mouth, the other side of my mouth say it's bad for me to develop a player so he can go um, 
benefit elsewhere. Now, be careful how that's interpreted because going elsewhere for money isn't always best for the kid. Um, money for some kids is the is the driver, is the thing that um, can change them, him and his family's life at a young age. But some of them are going to make a lot of money playing professional football, and they may, may actually hurt their draft stock, may hurt their uh, earning potential by going to a higher program to become depth. And we're starting to see data come out where, you know, non-Power 5 kids going to Power 5 schools uh, as role players hurt their draft stock. Uh, hurt their ability for future earnings so it's not always best but when it is best when it is best for the kid to go and be a difference maker to program uh that can incentivize him more economically um then it's my duty as a coach to give that kid that fat those facts and say here's what we can do for you here here's what institution b can do for you there um and if you vetted all this and you feel good about the situation you feel good about how they're going to develop you, your nurturing, um, the accommodations, your living style, how far you were away from home, whatever those other matters may be, uh, then it's my job as your mentor, not just your coach, to say, you know what, that's probably a good decision. Um, we had that happen once this year. Um, we, it's really the only one that happened to us, but we really feel that that kid made a decision that's probably best for him. It's not best for us. Um, but it's best for him and and I have to support him and I'm still checking in on him, making sure he's doing he's happy and and fulfilled and and finds purpose in, in his new opportunity. Yeah, I think oftentimes when you call someone a good salesman, there's some negative connotation to it. I, I don't see it that way. I think you're a really good salesman. Uh, we saw it at Lipscomb Academy, the way you sort of reinvented that program and had success really quickly there. Um how is the sales pitch going right now at UAB? What are you selling within that program? And what has the response been when you're talking about a kid-centric approach to bringing players to Birmingham? Yeah, I would ask people to ask our players, right? I, I could say anything right now. Any head coach can get on this or a TV station or an interview and, and spew a bunch of stuff. What's really happening, I think the kids, the parents – uh, people around the organization can probably tell the story better. What they're telling me is that uh, our kids are really enjoying it, um, that they're buying into uh, what, how we're connecting with them, how we're authentic with them, how we're truth tellers in their lives. Sometimes that's not always fun to hear on the front end as a young person, but it's refreshing. Um, they appreciate the honesty. They appreciate the transparency as us as coaches, me individually. I've told them my story. I've told them my why. Um, I've been really kind of brutally honest with them to try to connect at a deeper level with them. So our kids uh, that are here, our current Blazers, um, tell me they're thriving, right? Their response has been, this has been a great journey so far. Um, recruiting wise, I mean, talk to me in three years, right? I, I always kind of roll my eyes at recruiting rankings. Um, to a certain degree, because it's like the NFL draft. I remember working the, all those drafts, and we'd give these grades after the draft, and I'd be like, how are we grading something that we have, that has never played a football game at the next level? So it's kind of the same thing here. It's like we are getting players we are targeting. Uh, we are getting players that UAB's never recruited before. Uh, we're also finding a lot of players that maybe others don't find value in, but we really think have high have high ceiling potential and uh, we're really excited. And, and I think what they would tell you use the word sales, what, what I tell families and uh, what I've told kids sitting as I sit right in this exact chair and look 
across the table is, hey, if you don't think I'm for real, if you think this is sales salesmanship, if you think this isn't authentic, if you go down to our locker room and ask a player and they some, say something negative about me, how I treat them, if you think any of this is baloney, please don't come here. Uh, because at the end of the day, you'll end up in the portal um, and you'll be going somewhere else and you'll waste an opportunity in life. But it, but if you feel connected with and if you feel like I'm real and if you feel like this building, the energy in this building isn't manufactured, that this is authentic. Uh, if you watch, you know, a workout or a practice or whatever it is that they're observing on, a, on an OV here or an unofficial visit, if you think that is something um, that touches your heart and touches your soul and makes you better, then this is probably the place for you. And I've lost kids. I've lost some really talented kids because they were in it for different reasons than I wanted them to be in it for. Uh, but we think we found some really, really great uh, future Blazers that will play football for a long time uh, because they're, as we call them, ODs, our dudes. They're, you know, they're built like we are and they have the same motivation as we have. Trent Dilfer with us, head coach at UAB. Trent, uh, always he's always been a straight shooter with us, uh, with anyone, quite frankly. Uh, what have been the biggest hurdles, Trent, since you took over at the college head coaching level, do you do you feel like you're kind of on an island as a program, not necessarily conference, but just as leadership from the top down? Do you feel like it's kind of a free for all in some ways? I don't. Uh, I don't have any complaints. And again, I'm not just saying that because I want to sing Kumbaya on this. I. I, I was doing a show this morning. And I said, you know, I wake up every morning and, say, and get to say, I get to do this. Uh, a lot of coaches right now are in the have to do this, hmm. right? They've made this a career. They feel like they have to do it. They have to please others. They have to do this. They I don't feel that ever. I feel like I get to do it. Uh, I stepped out of retirement to go into high school coaching, one of the worst programs in the country. Uh, I got to do that. That was an honor and a privilege. I get to do this. Uh, I, I really have zero complaints. I've said this publicly. I think I have a distinct advantage over other college coaches. I don't know the old way. I don't have the same complaints. So I wish it went back to that old way. That Man, those were the glory days of college football. I didn't. I was in the NFL during those glory days of college football. I was on TV. I was retired. I was coaching high school football. I, I don't know any other way but this way. I, I like the chaos of college football. I like the challenges. Um, I think you know, I'm built for this. Um, the staff I built is built for this. There's no problems in this building. There's only solutions, right? There's no bad days, but they're all hard. Yeah. Um, you know, that's how we talk around this building. It, you will not last long in my building if you're talking about problems. If you're talking about the the all these challenges that are going to keep us from winning, you're probably going to be working in another building. Uh, we're solution-driven. We want our kids to feel that. Uh, we don't let them complain. We're not going to complain. So, uh, I really can tell you this, honest to God, it is so similar to what we did at Lipscomb. It's scary. Uh, this job, and I, I'll say this on behalf of other high school coaches that run very complex programs. So let's talk about the Boscos and some of the schools in Texas and some of these Alabama schools. You know, Mark Freeman at Thompson, who's done as good a job as anybody in high school football, could be a college head coach tomorrow. And an AD's crazy not to hire him. Um McGready at Bosco in Southern California could be a college head coach tomorrow and somebody would be crazy not to hire him because the job's actually harder at high school because you're dealing with the parental piece. Um, nothing I faced here is not something I've been prepared for. Have there been things I've had to learn? Absolutely. Uh, I'm an ignoramus to a certain degree, right? Every day is a learning process, but nothing I'm not prepared to learn, nothing I can't figure out, nothing I haven't encountered as a professional football player, an analyst, a business owner. 
a builder of Elite 11, like all those, my my journey has prepared me for any decisions that I'm having to make or um, problem solving that I'm having to do. And and like I said, I think the high school game at a complex program, not a roll at the balls, you know, yellow bus program, right. but a very complex program uh, is exponentially harder because I was dealing with sixth grade parents. I was dealing with eight, eighth, eighth grade summer vacation schedules. I was dealing with, you know, admissions uh, I was, I was a front end of admissions challenges, you know, just things that I never thought I'd be doing in my whole life, but I did them and I enjoyed them. Uh, and the things here, you know, you have such a great support staff. You are, you hire great people. Your athletic department uh, carries so much water, your PR. We were our PR team right now. I'm sitting next to one of the best PR directors in the country and Ted Feely, he does stuff that I used to have to do. Um, so you just have so much more help in reaching the vision where in high school you're a one-man band baby you are you're the chief fundraiser you're the head of the boosters you're the head pr guy you're doing graphics you're i mean you're doing everything you're rolling out you're taping ankles you're rolling out bags you're setting up fields you're mowing lawn i can go on and on and on um here i get to be the ceo of a, of a pretty darn good program no doubt trent dilfer has been our guest you'll you'll feel like you're back on espn with this because we need 30 seconds okay uh, gotcha but if you join us in December, what do you hope to be saying about your program in year one? <laughs> 30. Now I got 18 seconds and I can still do the count. No, you're good. You still have 30. Um, I'm very confident that people will be very proud of the product we put out there. Uh, I'll be, I'm very confident that people will be proud of the, the kids and how they represent this incredible city, by the way. If you haven't spent time in Birmingham, oh, yeah. you need to, we were there the for the USFL. It's awesome. Yeah, yep. this, this place is awesome, and our kids will represent it well. Uh, and I, I think you'll see a style and a brand of football um, that differentiates itself. We're excited to watch it, man. It's a no-brainer to, to bring you on board uh, based on what we saw firsthand here in Nashville. Congratulations on everything you've done. And I know you don't want to hear that because – you want us to congratulate you on whatever you're about to do. Uh, but you're always welcome on the show, Trent. We, we've told you that in the past. Don't yeah. be a stranger. Thanks for Let's doing do it this. Again. Hey, I'll do it anytime you guys want. Hit that up and I'm in. See you, you got guys. it. There's coach Trent Dilfer, one of the best, uh, legit straight shooters. Can't wait to have him back on. Coming up, time to get weird. Davey Hudson joins us next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Every day now, it's music to my ears to say that, every single day we get weird with Davey Hudson. And it is time right now to do just that. Let's get weird, shall we? Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! I love the first one today on the list. I, I've just seen the headline chat. 
Well, I actually didn't move something up to start us off with because I, I do think it is weird. You know, the NBA draft is tonight, and the talk of the town has been the Frenchman, Victor Wimbanyana. I don't know. Have you guys seen the video of him throwing out the first pitch uh, for a Yankees game? I have. I, I, I did watch this. Normally, Davey, like- I come in and I want to be completely surprised by these, and I don't watch, but I did want to see this one, so I, I saw it's it. It's like tales of the Crypt Keeper based on how his hands engulf this baseball. It looks like a golf ball in his hand. Yeah, and, you know, he's getting a lot of uh, flack for the pitch, as you just saw right there, really outside. Um, I'll say, I mean, he's French. Baseball's not a thing in France. He's, He's probably not five. thrown a baseball a lot. Everything is awkward about it. I think all things considered, that wasn't the worst first pitch I've seen. What I'm trying to think, like, if I were throwing a ping pong ball, which is like that in yeah. his hand, what would, what would it look like? Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing isn't so much of him just throwing that look first pitch out, but it's, that's why it's so difficult for him to throw the first pitch out. If you look at him holding that baseball, it's just incredible. I mean, It he, looks like a racquetball in his hand. It really does. It looks like an alien hand. <laughs> I, that does not look human. The hand that we're looking at right yeah. now looks uh, looks uh, alien. Does not look like it could be that of a human. Well, he's, he's 19 years old, and obviously he's been the, the one everyone's talking about. We know he's going first. We'll see what happens after that. Not, a mu- not too much intrigue around the NBA draft, but everyone's going to hear about Victor Wimbanyana. But the guy in my next story, not many people oh, on, are going to hear real about. Real quick, though, I do want to get your take on this, both you guys. Would you not agree with me that that's not a terrible first pitch no, it's not, given it's not. the size of his hand and the fact that well, baseball is not a thing in France? I, I view he the didn't first grow pitch, up playing catch with his dad I view like the we fir- did. I don't care if he did or not. Like I, I view the first pitch the way I view people who criticize like the physique of Jokic. Uh, those criticizing, look in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, those criticizing a first pitch, I would love to see you throw a baseball. We've thrown first pitches, Hutton. And, and we it, were fine. It's, it's, we were fine, we were but like, fine. It's, it's way more difficult I'm just than saying, people like, want to give it credit if you're not used to throwing yeah. a baseball a lot. Like, I'm, I'm now used to throwing a softball more than a baseball just because of practices. So if I got out there, it could look awkward. I think there's a lot of people throwing stones from glass houses is what I'm saying when it comes to first pitch throwing. And that one was not bad at all in my book. Yeah. I'm glad you guys agree. I totally agree with you. Davey, go to the next this story. Was not, Could have been worse. Uh, Could have been this was not Baba Booey by any no. stretch. Or the what, the mayor of Cincinnati? That's the worst I've ever seen. But I mean, we've been, we're talking about the guy who's going number one overall, but a guy that no one's going to know about, his name is Jordan Haber. Now, Jordan Haber is a 21-year-old recent graduate from the University of Florida. Uh, I guess you could call him a TikToker. He has kind of gathered a good little following there, but he's been making the rounds because he has managed – to become draft eligible. He's on Good Morning America. This guy, you'll see him on the screen. He's, he's holding up the paperwork that he filled out and was able to go through. Uh, this started as he went through the NBA's collective bargaining agreement. It was just going through a bunch of legal jargon and decided, you know what? There's about a three to four month window to where I can take the time, do all this work, and then I can technically be draft eligible. So no one's going to draft him, seeing as he has not played any college basketball. But he is on the list, and teams can technically draft this guy. Now, uh, there's a list that the NBA sends out to all the prospective teams about, or all the teams about prospective players that are draftable. He did not make the 300 that were sent out, but there were 18 other people that were technically 
unknown to the NBA. They're listed under a, a tab called other individuals. There are 18 of them, and Jordan is one of them here. He's been, uh, he, did, he did a TikTok with uh, Livy Dunn, among other things. He was like, honestly, he's like, I'm, I'm looking at my account and I'm thinking, how do I do something that's not just for clicks? And he found this thing that's actually original and not just using Livy's name for clicks, right? Or, you know, any, anything else in, in the world of politics and sports that's clickbait BS. I, I actually respect this guy. And it's, it's totally original. He will be at Barclays Center tonight. And it wasn't because the NBA invited him. It's because he maneuvered his way in based on connections with the arena. I think the NBA should lean into this. They need to hire this guy for social media, and they should draft him to the league and the front office. He should work for the NBA. That would be my PR thing that the NBA could get more run out of socially with a much younger audience. But they're idiots, and no one listens to me or Chad. So no. who cares? No. We're talking. Hold on. Doesn't mean we're going to stop giving our opinion. Is this thing on? Hold on. Is this thing on right but now? Mic check. Mic no check. No one's listening to me or Chad on, on? on good ideas. No one cares. Yeah. But if they did care, they would listen to this because this is very smart. Me and my high school buddies always had this conversation in high school. Now, to date myself, we were in high school at the time of Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant. Yes. And the start of the influx of guys going straight from high school and declaring for the NBA draft. And me and my buddies, I'll say, what would it take to de- Chad Withrow, me? What if I just declared for the NBA draft? If I got some press on it and I decided, you know what? I'm not going to get drafted, but I am declaring myself eligible for the NBA draft. What would the process look like? I give this kid credit for going through with that process to follow up on what me and my high school buddies back in the late 90s, early 2000s, were all speculating about how we would go about doing it. So good job there. And it also kind of goes back to my question, Hutton, about the manifesto. You know, what does it take to go from diary to manifesto? What does it take to go from, this. you know, just do, living your life to declaring yourself officially there, eligible for a draft? He said there, he found language in the CBA. There is a very specific window for him to apply. He had to fill out boatloads of paperwork, apparently. And oh, yeah. he, he went through this grueling process of writing all this stuff down. It's like we talked about yesterday with the, tele, the telemarketers or if you call into a pharmacy and you get all the info, then you talk to a pharmacist and they don't have your info, even though you just gave it to the automated system. He went through all this and he said, you really have a three-month or four-month window to really do this. It's because of that window. Not many people are going to think to do it because they think, oh, it's a waste of time. There's some uh, paperwork, a lot of paperwork to fill out. And that's all it really is. Because it's wide open, and 18 people did this uh, that are not already pre-scouted or on the list based on the synopsis of the scouts who are, are global, not just here, but global. And I guess that there are 18 at least that are not on the list that the NBA scouts signed off on. I think the NBA 2K game should create him as a character, and his stats are just completely yes. god awful. Well, yes. I mean that that's. Exactly. I mean, they need to lean into this, and instead they had no comment, which is just, just stupid. I wonder I just, how much effort that goes on their part, though, if they're actually having to go through, like, let's say, like, next year, 200 people decided to do this. But he's not sneaking into the NBA Finals. You know, he's not making a, a video on how to get into the, the, the Super Bowl. He went through the protocol based on the agreement well, I, I mean, between I, the players and the league. It's good and, research. I get that. And it's... It's legit on how he did it. So I get that. I'm just saying, if I'm the league, I, even though I would want them to play into it, 
I can understand maybe why they wouldn't for future purpose. I think once one person's done it, though, I think maybe the intrigue around it is, is the, I, the shine but, is but off the just, apple. It's, so it's great. You get deal. to say I was a 2023 NBA draft uh, prospect. Like You know there are way too many dudes out there that think they can play in the league. Yeah, there probably are some. Uh, <laughs> but also, I, I can see I, Baby Gronk's dad I, making his son eligible at 16 I'm years old. I'm reading in NFL between draft. the lines when he says the grueling paperwork. The assumption is not many people are going to put up with the pages and pages of stuff you have to fill out. I just posted in the YouTube chat. I'm officially declaring myself eligible for tonight's NBA draft. Thank you, God bless, and no more questions at this time, please. That's my official statement in the YouTube chat. The hat you'll be wearing will be different within 30 minutes of. Doing your interview. My guess is I will not be wearing a hat by the end of the two rounds. <laughs> banging hats. I'll be banging hats, but not wearing a hat. What's next? Um, well, with the news of the Ocean Gate sub actually having, I guess, we've, this, we've learned the fate that takes out several of the topics I was going to get into, mm -hmm. such as, you know, actually if they were stuck at the bottom of the ocean, they're talking about they only have a certain amount of time for the oxygen if you really wanted to get morbid about it, you could start killing each other one by one. And Keep that would, Davey said he wasn't going into this, and he's ranting yes, and going uh, through everything. That would extend the <laughs> oxygen level for Let's one go. person. So what's the topic, um, though? What's the topic, though? What's the topic? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'm still going to get into the Titan uh, sub, but uh, the last one, again, this is in bad taste, but does this actually go down for the death count of the Titanic, or is this its own thing? Absolutely not. Um, it's a tragedy. Don't make fun of it. Okay. Yeah, come on. And Keep like going. I said, I'm not going to get into that. No, this next one, though, uh, actually is a story. The stepson of the billionaire, Hamesh Harding, all right? While this all was happening, he decided to attend a Blink-182 concert. He was getting a lot of flack for... At the time, no one knew what was happening, so he decides to go to the concert, which Blink, great band, must say. Um, he said, it might be distasteful being here, but my family would want me to be at the Blink-182 show as it's my favorite band and music helps me in difficult times. If you had a family member that was missing and you were waiting on something as far as word as to their whereabouts and status, would you be fine with the family member attending a concert? No, but... It is the – look, I, he's the stepson of a billionaire, okay? I understand that he loves Blink-182 with all his heart, and he made that very clear. Blink-182 I know is going to be in Nashville in about a month. There are other Blink-182 concerts he could have attended. So I think this is in bad taste. I also say that not understanding or knowing the relationship of this man and his stepfather, mm. right? So I don't know – the dynamics involved there, were they close? How close are they? I, I don't, it's, it's hard to wade in the waters of familial relationships without knowing this. If my father was on this submersive, hell no would you catch me anywhere in a social setting or right. going to a damn Blink-182 concert. So I can only answer for myself and my own familial relationships, no. It's foul, not fair, can't do it. Totally agree. But I do not understand or know their relationship. I, I take it as the guy's so conceited that he has to alert everyone that he's at the Blink-182 concert instead of caring about whatever the rescue mission's yeah. going on. His like, name's uh, Brian no, Saz. No, no one would care about Brian uh, if, if he didn't post this. I do appreciate like, Gunn like, sending I, me this story. But I, I mean that, like, uh, the, the focus was on the rescue mission as far as his family was concerned. 
Uh, at least I would hope so. This is also maybe the saddest um, picture ever taken at a concert of a lone man standing in front of a merch stand. Yeah. And it looks to this, be a, a man entering middle age uh, in front of a merch stand solo by himself at a Blink-182 concert when his stepfather is possibly involved in a tragedy that we find out today was, in fact, a tragedy. This is a very sad photo all around. Yeah, I just don't like fake people. He comes across as very fake. I don't respect uh, anyone like that. Very genuine in his love of Blink-182, though. I What's will your say. guy's very favorite Blink song? That he loves no, Blink-182. It, you know, it's, it's a love for uh, uh, being mentioned on shows like this. Like, but the just, guy's standing in front of the merch stand also for the photo. Smiling. Like, was he there with anyone? But no, he's almost, he's almost boasting. He's like, this is how I, uh, it's very therapeutic for me. Uh, it was so therapeutic, you've had tickets for a long time. Like, no. Yeah. I think it's disgusting. Not, not a big fan of it either. What'd you ask, Davey? Do you have a favorite Blink song? What's my age again? That's the that's, that's the one. most. Uh, no, there's another one. That, um, that was it. There's that, like that, a, that was the hit. But there's one that's uh, a little slower. It's like a ballad. Yeah, it's Miss You. That one's good. But there's another one I'm thinking about. All the I can't small think of things the name of though it. was good too. All the small the things is good. Yeah. I like feeling this. Damn it, those are all pretty good. Uh, and my, my final story, actually don't even have this in the rundown, but I did come across this. So Stockton Rush, the guy who was piloting this uh, Ocean Gate. Titan Sub. Great name. His wife was a descendant of Isidore and Ida Strauss. They were actually first-class passengers that ended up dying on the Titanic. That's both a reason to go see the Titanic wreckage and also not to want to go. A little bit torn on that one. But everyone's still calling and trying to get opinions that's what's sad artifacts, we had the ocean whatever. rescue expert on and said this is only probably going to up the interest in people doing it yeah crazy coming up ea sports is back in the the college football lawsuits uh landscape trusting dreams of players that's next